0: This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by The Quick Win, a free weekly newsletter with leadership lessons from Michael Hyatt. Find out more at leadto.win slash quickwin.
1: Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt, and this is Lead to Win, the weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. And in this episode, we're talking about the mental shift you need to make in order to see consistent progress on your goals. Megan Hyatt Miller is on parental leave. She's with her newly adopted baby girl, Naomi. And we miss her terribly, but she'll be back soon. But today we're going to be solving the problem that many leaders face, which is the frustration you feel when you can't get further faster. And we're going to do that by helping you shift your thinking from an intensity mindset, which so many people advocate, to a consistency mindset. And it's revolutionary for the progress you're able to make. So I'm joined as always, by Larry Wilson. Hey, Larry. Hey, Michael. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are
0: you? I'm doing great. I haven't actually had a chance to sit down with you since your sabbatical. I know.
1: I'm. I'm glad we're doing this finally. Yeah. Back in the groove. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, hey, this uh, this show again. This is one I wish I had uh, had access to years ago because I think every ambitious leader feels this kind of tension and frustration. You got a big goal in mind, and you're action oriented. You want results. And then you hear all these success stories about people who did it like overnight, or they built their business in three months, or you know they went from uh, zero to sixty in you know three point two seconds or something. And you think, why can't I do that? Right. <laughs> you know. Right. So what do you do? Well, you work harder. You work faster. You you put in more effort and more energy, and it's just it's just so frustrating.
1: Yeah, and I've you know been in the situation where I've tried to apply intensity. And the most recent time I did this was about three years ago when I was trying to create the course for free to focus. And so I gave myself two weeks to complete it. I mean, I'd already created, you know, the frameworks and had all the basic content. And I thought, okay, two weeks, that's plenty of time. Well, I got to the end of two weeks and I was about a third of the way through it. Hmm. And unfortunately we were going to be launching it that fall. And so getting the course done was pretty important. You know, it had a revenue impact if I didn't finish. Yeah, Uh, It had an impact for a promotional schedule if it was delayed. And so I called Jim, my assistant, and I said, Jim, I don't know how to tell you this, but we've got to clear my calendar. I don't know what I've got coming up, but based on my progress so far, I'm going to need another month. And this is all day, every day kind of stuff where I'm recording it, You know, I'm trying to tighten it up. I'm trying to create the tools as I'm going. And it was tedious, tedious work. But the key is this. You ultimately achieve more with steady progress than instant results. I would have done much better rather than setting, you know, this huge goal that I was going to accomplish in two weeks by just laying it out and say, you know, I'm going to work on this a day a week and I'm going to do that over the course of the next 12 weeks and I'll finish. But I didn't do it that way.
0: Thankfully, you learned something, <laughs> because otherwise, we wouldn't have, be having this conversation. Uh, That's right. When did it turn around? I mean, th- when did you learn to put this principle into practice?
1: Well, honestly, I'm still learning it. Okay. You know, because because I think that, you know, I, I, I'm really goal-focused. And for me, sort of the natural thing is to set an achievement goal. I like the sound of it, you know, like, by September 30th, I'm going to do some massive thing. And, and the thing that I've, I've discovered more and more is that consistency is more important than intensity. In other words, if I can focus on making incremental progress against a goal and focus on a habit goal, is kind of how we would frame it in uh, best your ever language, if I can mm-hmm. focus on that rather than an achievement goal, and I'm not saying swear off achievement goals, but I'm saying for most things, a habit goal will get you there faster than uh, trying to do it out of intensity.
0: Well, James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, which I think was uh, a leader book selection not long ago, said, rather than trying to do something amazing from the beginning, start small and gradually improve. One percent improvements add up surprisingly fast. And I think that's what you're trying to get across today. Small steps are better than giant leaps very often. So you've got four steps to producing these transformative results using a consistency mindset. Let's get to step one. Get clear on your goal.
1: Yeah, so regardless of your approach, I don't care if you're gonna do an achievement goal or a habit goal, if you're gonna focus on intensity or consistency, you still have to achieve clarity about what the end result looks like. Vision always comes first. You gotta see the result that you want. And so many of our intense bursts of activity are just poorly directed. We just think we're going to do more faster. We don't have the clarity, but we'll just kind of muscle through and hopefully get a result that we're happy with at the end. And I find that regardless of the approach, you still got to get clear on what the end result's going to be. You've got to be specific. You've got to connect with your passion. What do you want to achieve? Not your anxiety, the catastrophe that you're trying to avoid. So in the case of writing a book, or in my case, my example before of creating the course, you know, I was, I was just really going as hard as I could to try to avoid sort of this looming disaster that I was uh, imagining in my mind of not finishing the course in time for the promotion, what the cash flow impact was, of that was going to be, what the promotional impact of that was going to be to our calendar, that I was going to let down my friends and my colleagues. And, and so that's not the place you want to focus.
0: Well, I I really resonated with what you said there about starting off with sort of misdirected effort. You're all full of energy, and you want to see some action. And uh, I I recall doing that in the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy a few years ago. Mm. We heard, we got reports, one of the things people needed was water, you know, because it destroyed water systems and so on. And I rented a van, people from my church... Loaded up the van with Clorox and bottled water and some other things, drove it to New York City and, from Indiana. From Indiana, and uh, dropped it off with a, a guy that we were somewhat connected with, who was doing uh, disaster relief out there. And he was grateful and appreciative, and you know, so glad that we'd help. But he said, "Yeah, I really hate water. Why isn't that what people need?" You no. Know, we get tons of water from FEMA and other things and oh man. Yeah, and and after the first 2 days, maybe a week, we don't need water anymore. What we really need is people to show up in a week, a month, 2 months and continue the effort, you know, when all the uh, photo ops are over. Wow. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Well, you guys weren't clear on the end result. No, you we just we wanted to do something. Yeah. Well, and that's a problem with a lot of us, you know, and I think it's really important at this point to get the clarity you need because sort of the default is to jump into how too quickly. Well, the how is only relevant if you're clear on the result that you want. So in your case, you weren't clear, you jumped into how, you said, you know, how can we help? Let's get some water, let's get some bleach, let's, you know, help these guys. But the end result wasn't clear. And if you guys had spent a little bit more time, not to shame you, but if you'd spent a little bit more time trying to figure out what they actually need, then it would have been much more likely that you would have had achieved that goal. So were you guys deflated after that?
0: Well, I was because I and, and one other guy, you know, we we were the ones who drove out there and, and did all this. But, you know, I actually took his words to heart. And then, you know, a month or so later, we got a team together and went back and helped to uh you know, clear the debris from some houses out there, which was a part of the Good. ongoing work that lasted months, actually probably still going on in some places.
1: Well, I was just thinking to myself, I, I can't imagine you going back to your church after that first visit and giving the report and saying, well, we went to New York and uh, pretty much we delivered the wrong stuff.
0: Uh, I didn't phrase it exactly
1: like that. <laughs> <laughs> probably if I would have uh, been phrasing that, I would have said, you know, it was a great trip. Uh, but we're not quite done, and so we're going to do a second trip. <laughs> it,
0: it came out a little more like that. I tried to shift the focus to what what will be really effective and what we can oh, do. Oh man, so good leadership that help?
1: Well, one way to know you're clear or not is to actually write the goal down. Mm. You know, because I've, as I've said ad nauseum on this show, you know, thoughts disentangle themselves, passing over the lips and through pencil tips, and there's just something about forcing yourself to write down the goal, what it is that you want that forces the clarity you need. Hmm. And until you can write it down and be clear, I mean, you might think you have it clear in your mind, but until you write it down, you really don't know. And here's the other great thing about writing it down. You've got to communicate it to somebody else, right? Because most projects that are of consequence, most goals that are of consequence, are going to require you to enlist or enroll other people in the process. And you may think you've got the end result picture, that you have clarity, and you may very well have clarity in your brain, but you're, you're, you're going to fail... If you assume that everybody else has the same vision hmm. and when you write it down, it's a much better way, much easier way to create the alignment that you need in order for the project to succeed. So that's why this first step is so critical.
0: Well, step one, get clear on your goal and step two, identify the right behavior and in parentheses, that is the right habit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the right behavior is one that's going to enable you to achieve your goal, and you can't make it too difficult. This has got to be something really simple that when practiced over and over again, it's going to incrementally move you towards the goal that you want. So for example, in the old days, I would have these fitness goals of running a half marathon. And that was exciting. I got all jazzed about it but it was a big goal. It was daunting. And I tended to put off or procrastinate the training because it seemed so big. And so I had a friend that came along and said, hey, instead of that, why don't you focus on just your daily training, just how much you're going to run. And you can just dial that up a little bit each week and still hit your big goal, but not be focused on the big goal, which tends to promote procrastination, but just focus on the right Daily behavior, and so that was that was a goal that worked. And this, you know, I can think of a lot of physical kinds of, of goals too. So, for example, this last year, I ended up dropping about twenty five pounds, and I and I thought I was plateaued in my weight, and I kind of had this stubborn twenty five pounds that I couldn't lose, and I thought, well, my body's happy, whatever. And so, instead of just creating this goal that I was going to muscle through and just say, I'm going to lose twenty five pounds no matter what. You know, I'm going to work out more. I'm going to run a full marathon. In fact, I'm going to do an Ironman, you know, (laughs) somehow to lose this. And I said, no. So all I did was I just cut out sugar and I cut out processed carbohydrates. And that's really all I focused on. And I did that every day. It was super easy. It wasn't hard to do at all. And it, and it didn't seem like this insurmountable goal. In fact, I didn't even focus on my weight. The reason I did this primarily was because I wanted to clear up what I suspected might be some brain fog, and I wanted more energy. And those things actually came with it. Wow. But the weight totally dropped off. So here I am 12 months later. I dropped it off in about three months. I've kept it off. But again, I didn't focus on the weight, and I didn't focus on a big weight loss goal. I just focused on a little simple thing about consistency, not intensity. I think that is
0: really true of personal goals of any kind, not just health goals. But when we're trying to make a change in our personal life, we're really talking about a, a lifestyle change, or in business, it would be maybe a systems change. But we want the result now. So we'll look for whatever promises that immediate result. And I think that's why. Uh, So many health regimens, uh, fad diets and exercise programs and uh, other kinds of things are so popular because people don't want to really make
1: the lifestyle change or the systems change. They just want the result. That's the key. And honestly, and this may be controversial, but I'm opposed to diets. You know, diets don't work. The reason the diet industry continues to be successful is because they don't work, right? And they sell this promise but it really does require a lifestyle change. That's all I'm interested in is how could I adjust my lifestyle to get the results that I want. But let me give you another business example because I had a client last year who his business just kind of fell through the floor. His sales were depressed; they weren't what he needed in order to generate the cash flow, and he was in the midst of a cash flow crisis when he called me. Mm. And and I said, well, what have you been doing? He said, man, I'm just trying to find a big deal. That can, you know, cover our losses year to date, give us the cash we need to survive into the future. And I said, Well, how's that going? And he said, you know, we've lost this deal, we've lost that deal. I said, Well, I wonder if you could change your approach from intensity, trying to find that big deal, you know, that that Hail Mary pass that'll win the game. And instead of doing that, if you focused on consistency, is there a habit or a practice that you could employ that would better guarantee the results? And I mean, immediately, without hesitation, he said, "You know, if I would focus on a certain number of sales calls every week," he said, "I'm pretty sure that the math would would ensure that that the result would take care of itself." Yeah. Well, and I've seen that before in sales too. You know, make the calls. And so I said, "What do you need to do?" And he said, "I need to make three sales calls a day." He said, "If I can make 15 sales calls a week, I know that I could, you know, convert about 20 percent of those." And that would give me the numbers, the average sale. I mean, he started doing the math with me. And I said, well, why don't you focus on that? I said, I think that's way more achievable, way inside your control, more inside your control than going out there and trying to find the big deal that's going to save the day. Well, he did that. And here a year later, his business has completely turned around. Now, didn't happen all at once. You know, it was a process. And it was a little bit hairy at the beginning because it didn't solve his cash flow crisis all at once. But the truth is, the intensity approach wasn't going to solve it either. He was just careening from one deal to the next, yeah. getting super discouraged. It was impacting the morale of his team. But once they started to focus on sales calls, everybody could rally behind that. Mm-hmm. That was something they could control and something they could celebrate as a win when they did it. And then they started to see the numbers start unfold and the results start to come in.
0: You know, nothing sows panic in an organization than when leaders start grasping at those straws that they think will be the big ticket. You know, a silver bullet may work for a werewolf, but I don't think it works anywhere else. (laughs) There is no such thing as a silver bullet. Or if there is, it's a
1: consistent effort. It is. And I think that whether it's in sports, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's uh, in business, that consistency, those daily practices that we do over and over again, it's like compound interest, hmm. right? Yeah. You know, it's its not really that exciting saving, you know, a little bit. Gail and I just had a call with our financial advisor uh, yesterday, and we were kind of talking through where we were and what the markets are doing and everything. And honestly, I was astonished at how our financial situation has improved over the last five years, and nothing at any one time was like a big, you know, again Hail Mary pass, you know, some big windfall. It's just that incrementally, every month we've been saving and investing, and now we're beginning to reap the benefit of that. We're seeing the benefit of that. But that's the, that's the value and the power of compound interest, and we can apply that principle in any or, any area of our our life. We just got to identify the right behavior.
0: You know, you mentioned the financial aspect or the the illustration of compound interest. Um, Few people are are worth more than Warren Buffett. The last number I saw, $86.5 billion. I could live on that. Could you? I I think I could make it at least till the end of the month. (laughs) And, And he said this. He said, it's not necessary to do extraordinary things to get extraordinary results. And he went on. We go. I don't look to jump over seven foot bars. I look around for one foot bars that I can step over. Yes.
1: See, that's the key in anything. I mean, like in the example of our client, you know, he was able to make those sales calls. He may or may not be able to land a big deal, and he had everything riding on that. But to make a sales call, he and his team, to make those sales calls every day, totally possible. Yeah, and that's what turned things around.
2: Oh my gosh, Courtney, are we on Michael's podcast right now? I think we are. We took it over. How did we take over Lead to Win? You know, I think it's because of our new podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yes, the most productive podcast on the internet. It is. It will make you love Monday again, and it is called Focus on This. Every week, we're going to be giving you a new episode to help you banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and start loving Monday again. That's right. No more Sunday scaries, as we call them. (laughs) No more Sunday night Netflix binges because you are scared about what's coming ahead. That's right. No more dreading Monday. So you can get your Monday started with us. If you're a full-focus planner user, you've got to listen to this podcast. We actually have people calling in live to the show who use the planner, and we help them find the breakthroughs they need to take it to the next level. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite things, talking to people about how they use the planner, what they could do better, you know, tips and hacks that they have. I love it. And you also like listening to my stupid jokes, right? <laughs> right. We do have a lot of fun. That's legit. You don't have to take our word for it. That's right. Take it from the man himself who totally did not have a script to record this endorsement, (laughs) Michael Hyatt. That's right. The Prince of Productivity. Hey,
1: guys, I want to ask for a favor. I want you to help me launch Courtney and Blake's podcast and get it into the new and noteworthy section of iTunes and get it into the iTunes business let's say the top 50 just to just to set a big goal out there so if you would go out there and subscribe right now that would help us immeasurably tell your friends about it if you know anybody that uses the full focus planner they've got to listen to this podcast you're going to miss the opportunity to optimize your use of the planner unless you're listening to this podcast so do it now so you don't forget
2: should we give Michael his podcast back i guess all right <laughs>
0: Well, step one, get clear on your goal. Then step two, identify the right behavior, which is very often going to be a habit or a systems change. And step three, track your progress.
1: Yeah, tracking does two things. First of all, it reinforces the habit through self-accountability. Like, I'm doing this right now, and I I was talking to you guys offline before we started about how I've got this resurgence of interest, personally, in playing the Native American flute. Now, it's something I, Gail bought me my first two flutes like 10 years ago, and, you know, I've kind of done it here and there, but no real consistency to it. So I hired a flute instructor, and so I'm meeting with him about once every week, once every two weeks, depending upon my schedule. And I started tracking my progress, and I, I committed to him that I would practice 30 minutes a day. And instead of, you know, having this big goal of I'm going to learn a suite of songs and I'm going to compose all this stuff. No, forget that. I'm just going to practice 30 minutes a day. And I started tracking that in my Full Focus Planner. And on the month pages, a lot of people ask about this, Larry, but but on on each of those day blocks, there's some other smaller blocks. Those are designed, if you read the instructions, those are designed actually to track habits. Hmm. So I have been checking those off every time I do my flute practice. And... Jerry Seinfeld talks about this thing about not breaking the streak. Is that what he calls it or is it something else?
0: I don't remember, but it is about this very same thing of maintaining a habit of it's a, for consistent behavior.
1: Yeah, and, and so as you begin to get that consistent, you know, practice, then you don't want to break the streak. Uh-huh. You know, and so that creates a kind of accountability and motivation uh, all of its own. And this is the second thing that tracking does. It boosts motivation by showing you visual progress. Hmm. You know, so here's here's another example. So I met with my trainer, Lisa Hiscock, who has a website called More Than a Body, morethanabody.com. And it's amazing because I work with her through Zoom. So really? we talk once a month. She's Amazingly affordable, much cheaper than having a trainer that works with me at the gym. And I'm not opposed to that. I did that for years, but this has been fantastic. So she meets with me once a month. We go over my, actually, not my results, but what my practice has been because I'm logging it every time I go to the gym, every time I do a workout. I'm logging in an app that she uses called Trainerize. And so she can see how consistent I've been or how inconsistent I've been. And so I can see visually. And this last time I talked to her, I had worked out two weeks, not missing a workout except for Sunday. This is one day I don't work out, but I six days a week for two weeks, and I was kind of a little bit proud of myself. <laughs> I bet. And she was proud of me, and and the cool thing was we could see the visual progress, and that motivated me even more for consistency. Whereas intensity, you know, when you're thinking about and by the way, Scott Adams talks about this in his book. I think it's called uh, How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big.
0: (laughs) I love that.
1: And he says the problem with an achievement goal a lot of times is that we're kind of in constant reminder mode that we haven't yet achieved it. Uh huh. So we're constantly noticing the gap between where we are and where we want to be. Right. Whereas with a habit goal, he uses a different word. He calls it a system, but it's the same idea, the habit goal. You know, every day that I go to the gym, I get to celebrate a win. I get to feel like I'm winning. That's a totally different energy, totally different motivation than feeling like, wow, you know, the achievement of that goal is still off in the distance somewhere and I'm not there yet. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: It sure does. And I love checklists and to-do lists for that very reason. It gives you a sense of accomplishment and then you get hooked on the streak. Uh, I'm one of those people who will do almost anything if it means I can make a tick mark in my planner. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why
1: I'm excited (laughs) about that. I'm excited about that because as an Enneagram three, of course, that's what I love. You know, check marks are like the best mark ever. But you're an Enneagram one. Yeah. And so to hear that you enjoy that, I think probably most people enjoy that because it gives them a sense of forward movement. And we kind of live in an Enneagram three culture where achievement's a big deal. Yes,
0: we do. Uh, uh, Well, uh, Enneagram ones, as I am, tend toward perfectionism, as you know. And the secret for me is to write it on the list. Ah. Because once it's there, I have to check it off.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm, okay. Here's the test. And this, you may not ever do this because you're not an Enneagram 3. Have you ever written down a task after you did it? Because maybe you forgot to do it, but you just want the satisfaction of checking that off and having a list full of check marks. Well, be honest. What do you think?
0: <laughs> yes, I do it almost every day.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So there's a lot of ways that you could do this. You could do it in a paper planner. You could do it in a digital organizer. You could do it in a reminder app. You could do it on your calendar. You could do it on a wall chart. There's something powerful about doing it in a visual way. Now, Jerry Seinfeld, just to go back to him for a minute, the way he did it was he he did a circle on a calendar or an X on the calendar. Yeah, I don't know which it was, but don't break the streak. And his And his whole thing was write a joke a day. And that was the secret to his success. He thought to himself, he said, look, I don't have to be brilliant as a comedian, and he's brilliant as a comedian, but I don't have to be brilliant as a comedian. If I write enough jokes, I'm going to get enough jokes that will be brilliant that people will think I'm brilliant. And that's the way. same way I think about writing blog posts. You know, if I if I can just write a half a blog post a day, and if I can do that consistently five days a week, you know, over time, I'll get enough content. A lot of it will be bad, but some of it will be good. But again, I'm not focused on writing 10 amazing blog posts. I'm just focused on the daily practice of writing 500 words a day.
0: Well, step three is track your progress. And, and before we move to step four, Michael, let's, let's let people know about this amazing tool that you developed for building consistency. And I'm not referring to the full focus planner. We always ask people if they've developed a hack for using the planner, a, a personalized way of using it. Well, this is kind of a hack that we've put in our own planner. It's called the Perfect Progress
1: Checklist. What is that? Okay, so the Perfect Progress Checklist is a tool that we designed to help you jumpstart your progress on being consistent in four specific things. Number one, your daily goal review, because that's the key to achieving your goals. They gotta remain visible to you. If you lose visibility, you will not achieve the goal. So it's a way of tracking, and and again, this is a, a, a nice tool that we're making available for free, but you can track it on a daily basis, goal review, then choosing or selecting your daily big three, which is a concept we talked about on this podcast before, but is, I think, the real secret to creating leverage in your life by identifying three and only three tasks that you're going to pursue each day. So this has a place to check that. And then to share a win. So to to really focus on where you're winning, not where you're losing. And one way to do that is to share a win with somebody else. Could be your spouse, could be a child, could be a coworker, whatever it is. But there's a place to make a tick mark. And then there's a blank. So one other habit or one other uh, consistent action that you wanna track. And then we have at the end of the week, we have a place where you can plan your next weekly preview, and that's something that we teach in the context of our productivity system and the Full Focus Planner, but this is a place for you to plan that. Now, this can be cut out almost like a bookmark and inserted into your Full Focus Planner or whatever planner you're using, move it from day to day, and track and see your progress. This is an awesome tool.
0: You know, that's actually one of the things I like the most about it is that it's a bookmark size. You can make it into a bookmark because my only suggestion for improving the planner is I want more ribbons. (laughs) I like the bookmarks. So I'm going to use move the ribbon I currently use for the daily page, and I'm going to put that on my goals page. Then I use one on my weekly big three, and now this will be my daily page bookmark.
1: This is brilliant. Like, I'm going to change my practice based on what you just said. This is awesome. Okay, you guys want this, and you can download it for free. All you have to do is go to the show notes for today's episode. There's going to be a link there. Download it. Start using this, especially if you're using the Full Focus Planner. This will make a difference.
0: Yeah, it'll be a game changer for some people. And that's at lead2.win. Just check the show notes for today's episode. Well, that's a very natural tie to our step number four, which is enlist an accountability partner.
1: Yeah, this is so important. I've already given a couple of examples, what I do with my trainer, what I do with my flute instructor. But man, if you can build in accountability to anything that you're trying to do on a regular practice, like when Gail and I were trying to eat uh, zero sugar and no refined carbs, we held each other accountable to that it was so much easier. I mean, I would be tempted if it was just me, but the fact that we're trying to do it together, you know, sometimes I'd feel weak. Sometimes she feels strong. She could keep me on track. And sometimes it was the reverse. In fact, it reminds me of a great verse from the Bible in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to the one who falls when he is alone. So that's the value of accountability. And so I this is a hack that is so easy and yet few people take advantage of it. But there's something about putting yourself in that relationship, submitting yourself to a relationship where you're held accountable that will do more for you achieving the results than almost any other single thing you could do.
0: Well, it's interesting that you put that twist on it, that accountability gives you encouragement as well, because a lot of people think when they hear that word, it's like getting called into the principal's office. Right. Got to go and answer for my behavior. But it's really a way to also get support and encouragement for the positive changes that you're trying to make.
1: Well, and in fact, I think it's critically important that you find the right accountability partner. So I was trying to improve my golf game. So I decided I was gonna go golfing with a guy that was about 20 years my senior. This was 20 years ago. And this guy constantly ragged on me.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, you know, I'd, I'd slice a ball, you know, slice a drive. I had a problem with slicing my drives. And he would just say something like, well, there you go again. Oh no. You know, which frankly, what I know about human psychology now and with my coaching experience now, that only reinforces the behavior. Right. You know, what you focus on, you're gonna get more of. Now, Lisa, on the other hand, when she's coaching me, she doesn't say anything about the fact that I've missed a workout. She doesn't even comment on it. She comments on the places where I've been consistent. She asks me what my goals are. So what I'm looking for in accountability partner is somebody that's gonna be fundamentally positive, that's gonna catch me doing stuff right, not catch me doing stuff wrong, who's going to hold me to account for sure, who might say to me, Well, you know, you said at the outset that you wanted to work out six days a week or five days a week or whatever it was. And I noticed that you're not quite hitting that. Is that still your goal?
0: I love that because nobody can actually make you change. That's it. You know, an accountability partner isn't going to change for you. They're just supporting you in making the change or the behavior that you've already said you want to do.
1: Well, Megan said to me one time, a true friend is somebody who takes you by the hand and leads you back to yourself. <laughs> and I think that sometimes an accountability partner is that very thing, that the person who is there on behalf of the goal. So they're an advocate for the goal, but they're also an advocate for you. And sometimes those things get out of alignment and they want to lead you back to the goal. And if the goal's changed, fine, you can change the goal. But if the goal is the same, they're there to remind you of what you said you wanted to do, when you had that moment of clarity, because all of us in the messy middle, we lose the clarity. And a true friend is going to take us back to what we said we wanted to do and help us get refocused on the goal so that we can achieve it.
0: You know, I think another key here is is that this can be anybody who will do that. Yes. It doesn't have to be a professional counselor. That's it. It doesn't have to be a paid coaching relationship. It can be a spouse or partner. It doesn't have to be. But just anybody who will play that role in your life.
1: Well, that's true. But I will say that if it's somebody you're paying, it increases the amount of skin you have in the game.
0: That's a very good point.
1: Like, for example, I'm paying Lisa. I don't want to show up at the meeting not having been at the gym because I'm just wasting my money. Same thing with my flute instructor. The same value our coaching clients get out of business accelerator. There's accountability built in because they're writing us a big check. And I think that can actually motivate us as well, because when people pay, they pay attention. And there are people out there who can hold us accountable and we could pay them, it could be free. You know, Nick has talked about on the show before about this service he's used where you know you just basically get some random stranger and decide you're going to achieve something, you know, over the course of the next 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, you know, whatever it is. And it's just having that accountability, even to a stranger can work. Yeah. So Nick, you're gonna love this story, but but Jim, my assistant, told me that he tried that last week. Blew his mind. He said it was so amazing. He was the most productive he's ever been, and he was determined that he was gonna use it again. I still haven't tried it, but I'm I, I want to.
0: It's called Focus Mate. And Nick turned me on to that as well. And it's one of those things, it's like when when people offer you a food like snails, it's it's or frogs like, like really? <laughs> but wow. It is the most amazing thing in how it dials in your focus and brings accountability, especially if you're totally unstructured, work at home, and so on. Let's review our four steps to changing your mindset from a mindset of intensity to a mindset of consistency. Step one, get clear on your goal. Step two, identify the right behavior Often, a change in habit or systems. Step three, track your progress. And step four, enlist an accountability partner. So as we wrap up this discussion, Michael, final thoughts for our listeners today.
1: Yeah, I would say if you're procrastinating some big goal that you've been trying to achieve, or if you feel stuck, or you're just struggling to achieve it, I want to invite you to completely throw it away and start over with something that focuses on consistency, not intensity. Some small practice that if you do that on a regular basis, will little by little move you toward that goal. Something where you can celebrate the win every day, something where you can feel good about the progress you're making, and something where you will, in fact, achieve the goal. It may take you a little bit longer, but you will achieve it. So again, consistency over intensity.
0: Well, Michael, thank you for this practical and really encouraging advice.
1: Thank you, Larry. And thank you guys for joining us today. And join us next time when we're going to share with you some next-level strategies that will take your productivity to a whole new level. Until then, lead to win.
0: This episode of Lead to Win has been brought to you by The Quick Win, a free weekly newsletter with leadership lessons from Michael Hyatt. Find out more at lead to dot win slash quick win.